Well, we're going to be in Hebrews 11. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of different things uh, this morning. Uh, Hebrews 11. Uh, most of us know that as the faith chapter. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, in verse 9, starting in verse 9. So we're going to look at a couple of things this morning. Uh, we just finished up uh, Revelation. Uh, Revelations. We just finished up Romans eight, uh, where we saw that uh, uh, the Spirit of God testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Uh, we see that uh, that God is always working out uh, what's best for us, and that we are more than conquerors uh, through Him. And so we find that that life through the Spirit, and so that. It's a, it's a wonderful chapter. Uh, we gleaned some really good uh, truths out of that chapter. So we're going to be looking in, in Hebrews 11 today. Uh, I didn't do a 4th of July message last week uh, because of finishing up Ro- uh, Romans 8. And so today it's a little bit about a uh, 4th of July message uh, and, and where our nation is. We know as a nation that we are struggling. Uh, we know that... Uh, that some of the things that are going on, uh, the struggles in our nation, uh, and what the cause is. Uh, we see right now all the jealousy, all the anger, and all the hate uh, that's going on in our nation right now, and all the struggles, not just, not just that, but also the struggles from the coronavirus, which is, uh, which is creating problems as well. It's creating frustrations. It's creating anger, uh, uh, just just over the battle of the things that are going on. And so where does all that come from? Uh, all that anger and hate and jealousy come from. Um, uh, and we know that it comes from uh, sinfulness. Uh, and we're going to look at that in a minute. So, so we're looking in Hebrews today. And we're looking at the part where it says that we as believers must be reminded that this world's not our home. That we are looking for something better. Uh, And so if you have your Bibles, if you will, look in uh, Hebrews 11, starting in verse 9. Uh, In verse 9 it says, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which was foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had, made, uh, who had promised. Therefore, therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, we born... Uh, we born or were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. And so we see uh, that in verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them from afar off, were assured of them embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. 
For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called, uh, called to mind the country from which they had come out of, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed uh, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And so we see that these were all men of faith. And they were not looking for an earthly home, but they realized that this world was not their home. And then if you jump over in chapter 12, where it says, uh, in chapter uh, 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with the endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that has set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so we see uh, in chapter 12, it says, therefore, and so he's not talking about a cloud of witnesses. Uh, the, all the patriarchs are not hanging over the clouds watching us. That's not what that, what that verse is talking about. Because it says, therefore, so then we look back to. So it's talking about uh, all, those, the, all those faithful men and women that we find in chapter 11 is our witness. And we see and we gain knowledge from them, and they, we must realize that this world's not our home. Even though our nation is in trouble, and we should be praying, we should, we should be uh, Second Chronicles people, who we are fasting and praying for our nation, praying that God would deliver us out of the things that are going on in our nation. But we also must realize as believers that this world is not our home. That we as believers are looking for something that is better. All the struggles that we face will one day not be upon us because we are looking for something better. So where do all these struggles come from in our lives, in our nation? All the anger and the hate that is taking place. And we've looked at this before. It all is traced back to the fall. It's all traced back to Satan. And we looked at these two passages, so we're not going to look at them today, but note them down. In Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14 are the two passages that talk about Satan's fall. And what caused that fall? One is, it started with his jealousy. He was jealous of God. So jealous that he wanted to be God, and he thought he could take God's position. And so out of that jealousy, anger arose in his heart. And when anger was full-blown, it brought about hate. And hate always brings destruction, no matter what. And so that's where it all started. And so we knew, and we know that, according to the Scriptures, that he was cast down. And then he went after Adam and Eve, all because of his anger and his hate toward God. And we know what happened with Adam and Eve. We saw 
uh, that they fell for his lies. And then the first thing that we see after that is Cain and Abel. And just think about that story and what's going on with us. We think about how that happened. Okay, Cain killed Abel. Why? Because Abel offered a better sacrifice, and so Cain became what? He became jealous. And as jealous raged in his heart, anger began to take over. And when anger was full-blown, what happened? He lashed out at Cain. And so jealousy, anger, and hate. And so when hate was full-blown, he took his own brother's life that all stemmed from jealousy. And that's what's plagued our nation today. What's plagued our nation is the same things that we are falling for that started uh, Satan's fall, that started Adam and Eve's fall, is that jealousy, anger, and hate that is in our nation today. And we as believers must rise above it. We must realize and take to heart that this world is not our home. That we must keep our eyes focused on Jesus. You know, you think about uh, Revelations 5. And uh, in Revelation 5, uh, about midway through Revelations 5, it tells us that around the throne, there are going to be everybody from every tribe, from every tongue, from every nation, will be surrounded and represented around the throne room of God. Everyone who puts their trust in Jesus Christ will be represented. Not every nation will have someone there, but only those who put their trust in Jesus. And so what that tells me is, if every tongue, every tribe, every nation, there's someone around the throne room of God, that tells me that that black lives do matter. But it also tells me that white lives matter, Asian lives. European, Middle Eastern, all lives matter to God. There's no white supremacy found in the Bible. There is supremacy found in in the Bible, but it is a virgin-born man whose name is Jesus Christ. That is the supreme being. He is the God-man. But that also tells me that That no one owes me anything because if anybody is owed anything, it would be Christ. Because he was the one willing to lay down his life so that we might have life. Nobody owes me anything. In fact, if I received what I really was owed would be eternal condemnation. That's what I'm really owed. I should have to pay for my own ungodliness, my own sins, and yet Jesus came and died on the cross so that I wouldn't have to pay that price. So the only one that is really owed anything would be Jesus Christ. Amen? And so where is our nation today? Where do we fall? We fall for the same things that our enemy lashes out with us and with that anger and with that with that anger that jealousy anger 
and hate. And so we must, as believers, rise above it and realize that this world is not our home. This world is not who we are. In fact, if you look in the Scriptures, uh, if you have your Bibles, look in John, 1 John. In 1 John chapter 2, in 1 John chapter 2, in verse 15, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but uh, is of the world, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And so the Scripture plainly teaches us that we should, have, we should not love the world, or the things of the world, or the lust of the world. We should not be tied into the sins of the world. As believers, we should be looking for that new city, that new heaven, that new home, which is the foundation, is the, the, uh, the, the builder and the foundation is God, Almighty God. And so we see that, that we as a nation uh, must turn back to God. But we as believers must realize that this is not our home. And so we see that... Uh, every nation one day will fall under the judgment. Uh, you know, we, we've been looking in Revelations. There, there are some that say that in the end time prophecies, America's not in the end time prophecies. Uh, some say that there is, uh, that America is in the end time prophecies. I, I can't say one way or the other, but I can say this, that every nation will come under the judgment of Almighty God. Every single nation that's ever existed will come under the judgment of God. And so we as a nation need to realize that we need God. You know, we've spent our, uh, the last 50 years, because this foundation was, was built on the Word of God. This nation was built on godly men who wanted the freedom to worship God. And yet, it seems like over the last 50 years, we've done everything that we could do as a nation to push God away. We took prayer out of school. We took prayer out of our government. We've taken God out of our government. We want to even take God where it says, in God we trust. They're trying to take that off of money. We're trying to do everything we can as a nation to push God away. And yet he is the God in which we found salvation. And so we struggle as a nation. We fall for the same, same temptations that uh, Adam and Eve fell for. Cain and Abel fell for. And that is the anger and the hate that is supplied by the enemy, by the devil. And so we must, must rise above it. We must look for that new home, that new city that new place, that heavenly place, as we see all the patriarchs, all those in the faith chapter look for. They all died not seeing, but waiting on that promise. So 
Uh, so we say that America, some say is not in the Bible, some say America is in the Bible. The question and what we know is the truth is that every nation will come under the judgment of God. And so we must be different as the body of Christ. We must realize that God is our supreme being, that God is the one who gives us salvation. And so we look to him and look to him only. Uh, We cannot have in the midst as uh, someone else owes us. We must realize that we owe Jesus everything and that we look to him as our Savior and that we are just passing through. Uh, and so how do we do that? How do we come before God? Look in First uh, Peter 5. First Peter 5. In verse 6 through 10. In First Peter 5. Uh, In verse 6 it says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world, but may the God of all grace, uh, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthened, and settle, and settle you, uh, to him be the glory uh, and the dominion forever and forever, amen. And so we know that we have a, a, an enemy who seeks to devour us, to separate us as a people. Uh, to tempt us and to draw us into all the things that are going on. But we as believers must rise above it. We must realize that this world is not our home, that we are looking for that heavenly home. And so we see that all the struggles that our nation is facing. Uh, And so you think about some of the things, uh, uh, some principles that we can hold on to to help us Uh, through these struggles that we face as a nation, as these struggles that we face as the body of Christ. And so if you you have your Bibles, look in Genesis. We're just going to gain some some quick principles. Uh, Genesis 39. And so in Genesis 39... Uh, This is the story of Joseph, Uh, and we know the story of Joseph. Uh, He had some struggles uh, with his family, Uh, and in in chapter 39, verse 1, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, uh, and and Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh's captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Uh, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And so right now we know the story of Joseph. Uh, we know that he had the dream, uh, and that one day his, his 
brothers would bow down and his fathers would bow, bow down to him. Uh, but they didn't understand what that, was going, what, what that meant. And so what created the whole problem? Started off with what? Jealousy. And then jealousy brought about what? Anger. And anger brought about hate. Now we're talking about his brother. We're talking about the baby brother right now. And yet they allowed that jealousy to create anger and hate. And so they sold them, sold him to, or gave him to the Ishmaelites who sold him. And so here we go. Here we got Joshua, uh, Joseph, who is now in Egypt, has been sold as a slave. And yet, the scripture said, God is with him. Now, we just learned last week that if God is for you, who cares is against you? But we're talking about Joseph pulled away from his family, sold into slavery, and yet he still holds his heart for God. We see that in this passage and how important that is for us as believers that no matter what's going on in our nation, Things aren't always going to go our way. When we vote, we're not always, our candidate's not always going to win, which is getting to the point where it's hard to find someone on either side. (laughs) But we must realize that this world is not our home and that we set our eyes on Christ and we leave them there because we know that God is for us. Joseph sold as a slave. We see in the relationship that that Joseph had with God that that he was so tight with the Lord, no matter where he was, he gave his 100%, not because he was an Egyptian slave, sold to Egyptians, but but he was a servant of Almighty God. And so even as a slave, He gave his all. And Potiphar saw that and was so impressed with him that he put him in charge of everything in Potiphar's house except for his wife. Joshua did have a problem. He has a problem that has eluded me, and that was he was handsome and good-looking. And it caused him some problems. Because it says in the scripture that he was handsome. I didn't just make that up. But then we see that, that Potiphar's wife kind of took a likening to him. And began to try to attempt him or tempt him uh, to fall. She tried to get him in her bed. Every time he said no. Every time. Now, we're talking about a 17-year-old boy going up against this type of temptation. And he said no every time because of his love for God. In fact, he tells her, how could I do this? How could I do this against God? And so finally... They're alone, 
and she tempts him again and grabs his cloak. And what's he do? What every strong believer should do when he's tempted, turn and run. And that's what he did. He fled, and so she falsely accused Joseph. And he went to prison. Because of the false because of the false accusations, Potiphar got what? He got jealous. And the scripture says he got very angry. And so he sent an innocent man to prison. Knowing deep down that Joseph didn't do that. And yet he let his anger get the best of him. And so we see that now, not only has he been uh, enslaved... But now he's sitting in prison, and he's not just in prison for a few days. He's there for several, several years. I think maybe 14 years or something like that. Uh, I didn't check. But I know he's, been, he's there several years, and yet he never took his eyes off of God. You would think after that first year he might be questioning God. Maybe I didn't hear what he said. Maybe that dream was just a dream. And yet he stayed focused on God because he realized that this world was not his home that God had called him out for a greater purpose and so that's what we must learn that's the principles that we must take hold of and that is we keep our eyes on God because we know that this world is not our home and that there is something coming that is better that is built by God that heavenly dwelling, that eternal dwelling that we have, that's what we keep our hope fixed on, knowing that one day he will come back and all the struggles that we face will be gone. All the anger and the hate and the jealousy that has plagued our nation, you will not find in the kingdom of heaven because of who God is and the place that he is preparing for us. One thing that we do see in the life of Joseph is that he was tempted. He was tempted. If we are believers and we are serving God and we're giving him our all, you can count on one thing. You're going to be tempted. The enemy's going to come after you because he doesn't want you to give a display of your life like Joshua, uh, uh, Joseph did. Because Joseph held his faith. Because Joseph stood on the foundation and promises of God. Many lives were changed because of his life. We as believers must realize that this world is not our home. Who we are is not wrapped up in this world who we are is wrapped up in who Jesus Christ is and that he is coming back you know we've been thinking about or not thinking about we've been working through revelations uh, and revelations an important book and, and we as pastors and teachers if we refuse to 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 teach and preach and share revelations then we, 
we're being disobedient because the revelation tells us that we should teach and preach it and take hold of it. Uh, but we've been looking uh, through revelations, and so we've been talking about the rapture. And we know that through Scripture, not one end-time prophecy has to be fulfilled in order for the rapture to take place. Now, we do know that there are several prophecies yet to be fulfilled for the second coming of Christ, but not the rapture. And so we as believers must look for that time. It's time for us as believers, as the church, as the body of Christ, to be on our knees praying for the return of Christ, praying for the lost. And it's time for us as believers to rise from our knees as well and live our lives like the return is today. Share and evangelize the world as if the rapture is about to take place as believers. We are looking for a heavenly home. We are looking for a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. As believers, we should yearn for that day, pray for that day, and seek that day. But until that day comes, we should be trying to reach as many people in our nation as possible, knowing that that day is coming. We serve a mighty God who has so much more for us in store, and this world is not our home. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that how your word is sharper than a two-edged sword and it cuts in and out. We thank you for your word who, who enlightens us, opens our heart so that we can see, to hear, and to follow you. And so, Father, we pray that your spirit would move in our midst today. In Jesus' name, amen. As Bill comes to prepare, whatever the Lord's doing in your heart, we know that uh, we serve a mighty God who loves us, who has called us by his name, uh, and has great plans stored for us, and that we need to be a part of fulfilling the will of God. And so wherever uh, God's moving in your heart, just be obedient to the Spirit as he leads. you talk with the Lord and told him your heart's hidden secrets. How long since you prayed? How long since you stayed on your knees till the light shone
Saturday. Uh, looking forward to that. There we go. Uh, looking forward to that. And so be a part of that. Plan on being part of that. Uh, anything else before we close? Anybody have anything they want to share? Well, as we go today, we remember that this world's not our home. That we're just, we're working through. We're working through until the Lord comes back. I can't imagine what that's going to look like, knowing that he's got it all planned out. 